Hey, welcome to Bruise Culture. I'm your host, Evan Schwab. I own the gaming site Big Cultures, and I'm an aspiring Cicero. I'm here to help you pair quality craft beers with great games in order to maximize your leisure time. We'll talk about some of the best breweries and their histories alongside the ins and outs of games and the gaming industry. So stop in, take a load off, and enjoy excellent brews with us as we explore two of the most profitable business industries. Let me ask you something. Have you ever had an item, beer, pastime, something that you just absolutely love? Doesn't matter. You know you love it. You know you want more of it. It's just, it's, it's got your DNA written all over it. It could be a game you just absolutely can't stop playing. You may be playing World of Warcraft for, what, 15 years now? Maybe 18? Not quite sure when it came out, but I was in high school. You might like to order real bad 7-Eleven pizzas while recording a podcast. For me, however, I enjoy a really good Hellas. Now, my favorite Hellas lager is from Frankenmuth Brewery in Michigan. And that's not what we're going to talk about today. But We've got a real good beer today. It's a beer that, as soon as I tasted it, sent me into my nirvana of beers. That's a good one. And the game hits on all the nostalgia from my childhood that resonates so strongly with me today. So welcome to episode five of Brews Culture. I am your host, Evan Schwab, and we've got a good one for you today, I think. Helles in German means pale in color, and that's typically what a Helles lager will look like. It's pretty pale. The one we'll be talking about today is real, real, real blonde in color. They are typically a bit more full-bodied than your regular light lager or your your pilsners. They offer a little bit of sweetness that kind of balances any sort of spiciness from German hops. If you've had Hellas or if you're familiar with Hellas lagers, you definitely know what I'm talking about when when you think about them being a little spicy. I think that's part of the appeal, though, of a Hellas lager, for me anyway. So every year when I was a kid, really up until relatively recently, and COVID's put a little bit of a cap on this, but every year as a kid, my family and I would go to Frankenmuth, Michigan for a little bit of shopping and, and just a vacation every year. We'd go to Frankenmuth to check out the German town. My mom my aunt really enjoy Bronner's, the uh, Christmas city, essentially. Not too far away is Birch Run, which has a pretty cool little outlet. Not little, a big outlet. Mall that stretches on for like dozens of buildings. It's seen better days, but as a kid, I enjoyed going there. As an adult, I enjoy the memories that, that I've built along the way. So once COVID clears up, you bet your bottom dollar I'm going back as soon as I can, especially to hit up the Frankenmuth Brewery which houses the first Hellas Lager I ever had, and probably still my favorite Hellas Lager that I've had to date. And uh, where better to have a Hellas Lager outside of Germany than Frankenmuth, Michigan, the German-inspired town. So their lager is called Twisted Hellas. Uh, hopefully, if we're fortunate enough to, to get to that, um, that should be a special episode for me personally. Uh, but we'll, we'll get on that when we get there. So Today's episode features a really good Hellas that I had the pleasure of stumbling upon this week alongside a game that I'm currently reviewing called Anodyne 2, which kind of fits this perfectly as it marries the nostalgia of my childhood with the things that I love today, much like the uh, Hellas Lager that we'll be talking about today marries uh, my nostalgia of trips to Frankenmuth with with a Hellas Lager and the beer types that I enjoy today. So we'll start with the Hellas Lager. Now this beer we've got today is called Bikini Blonde. It comes all the way from Hawaii. 
from the Maui Brewery. The Maui Brewing Company, to be correct. So, the Maui Brewing Company opened in 2005 and quickly saw its sales skyrocket. They, they began as a single brew pub and have expanded to multiple locations across Hawaii. Additionally, Maui is, and always will be, according to Matt Marrero, the owner, a small and independent craft brewery, which is what we love to hear. Now, to me, what's really cool about Maui Brewing is that you can find, at least in Ohio, you can find Maui beers in just about any beer store you walk into. What's even better is that the Bikini Blonde here in Ohio at Red Wine and Brew, which is my my beer shop of choice, you can find the Bikini Blonde for five bucks for a six pack. I mean, five dollar six pack of craft beer is a tremendous price, and it, and for how good it is, it's an absolute steal. So Maui Brewery opened in '05, still going strong today. In fact, one of my best friends. I've known for since about the seventh grade. Was married a couple years ago, and uh, they had their honeymoon in Hawaii. And that was actually the first time that I had um, I had seen Maui Brewery. He talked a lot about it, really enjoyed it. So when I saw it on the shelf the other day, I figured, hey, I'm going to take a shot at this. Wanted to do something else on the show that wasn't just strictly an IPA or double IPA or triple IPA. And so yeah, so I picked up the Brian Boru, which is what we spoke about last week, and the Bikini Blonde, which is uh, our terrific beer of the week. Yeah, so Maui holds true to the craft beer name, especially when you think about, especially when you think about all of the craft breweries that have sold out to the the conglomerates, the big uh, beer companies. Kind of takes away the specialness of their their craft brew nature. Doesn't mean they're not good anymore. It just it doesn't make them as special as something that is continued to be independently run. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of heart and soul that goes into operating independent brewery. And so the fact that Maui's able to do that and be super successful and, and allocated all over the United States is is pretty telling for the quality of, of its beer. Um, I've only had the pleasure of enjoying the the uh, bikini blonde Hellas Lager, but uh, you I will uh, definitely be looking into more uh, as as I have more opportunities to do so. So in Bikini Blonde, you have a beer with a, I believe, 4.5%, no, I'm sorry, 4.8% alcohol content. On Beer Advocate, it sits at an 82 overall score, which is good. It's a year-round brew from Maui Brewing. It, as we explained at the beginning of the show, it has a, uh, a bit of a spicy mouthfeel. I guess you could say almost sharp, kind of like the Dew of the Universe, but in a, in a different aspect. <clears throat> it, you know, it's it's a very traditional Hellas flavor. It's very reminiscent of, of a German Hellas. You're going to have that little bit of sweetness, maybe a lemon, lemony citrus that mixes extremely well with some floral notes. And, you know, it's it's got your Hellas hops, your typical Hellas hops. So you German hops. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crushable all day, really any time of the year. So the only issue I have with the Frankenmuth Twisted Hellas is that I can only procure some in the summer. But the Bikini Blonde is a year-round uh, available Hellas lager. And for $5 is one that is definitely going to be in my refrigerator as often as I can. It's it's a Hellas. But, but let me clarify, because unless you have a truly traditional German Hellas your Hellas experience might not be great. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Sibling Revelry, and uh, I believe they're from Westlake, Ohio. But <clears throat> they do have a little bit of an issue, in my opinion, and, and it's simply my opinion. I'm not a huge fan of their German-style beers. They have a Kolsch, which I'm typically a fan of, but 
Theirs is is their own thing. It's unique. It's not bad in its own right. But if you're looking for a German-style beer, make sure you do your research before you go in. I mean, unless you're okay with, with trying something totally different, which is I encourage at any opportunity. But if I'm going to sit down and I want a Helles that is similar to a German Helles or, you know, a Bikini Blonde, Twisted Helles, what have you, I want one that is going to to taste like what I want it to taste like. Um, you know, you know how much I love Three Floyds Brewery at this point. Their Helles is not my favorite. And that's okay. It's good. But you just need to, I guess, pay attention sort of to uh, to what goes inside these beers because the choice of hops, the brewing process, all makes a difference when when you when you're brewing a beer. So Bikini Blonde, in my opinion, gets it absolutely right, and it is it's so good. It's a beer that it's a beer that if you are a fan of lagers, maybe you don't like IPAs. You know, there's a lot of people who don't. It's definitely something that you could enjoy any time of the year. Uh, in, in my uh, very biased opinion, summertime Hellas lagers are just the best time to drink. <laughs> the best beers to drink at the best time to drink. So, and as a fun little fact that goes along with learning about beers from different countries, the lager and the pilsner were created in different parts of Europe and were brewed differently because of the type of water found in, you know, the locations where the brewing was happening. We'll get more into that as we as we get into more pilsners and lagers, but, you know, the difference between a German lager and a pilsner, maybe a, a Czech pilsner, is the type of water. Um, and obviously hops and all that other jazz makes a difference, but the reason that they were brewed different in the first place was because of the water. So, fun little fact for today. So yeah, so to recap, Maui Brewing Bikini Blonde is a terrific Hellas lager with a lot of flavor, super smooth to drink, a little bit spicy. Um, you'll feel it in your mouth, but it is it is full of flavor, a bit citrusy, a bit sweet, balanced out with the uh, floral notes and, and just an overall real good beer. The 82 on Beer Advocate, it, it's a good a good score. I probably personally give it a little bit higher as I am just a big fan of the Hellas Lager and, and this one in particular is really good. And for the price, again, it's a steal. It definitely touches on my nostalgia a lot and, you know, rose-tinted glasses and such, but it's a good beer. Beer is one thing that is enhanced with nostalgia, but if it's a bad beer, no nostalgia is, is going to save it, you know? I didn't like, I didn't like Jaeger when I was in college, so even though I had lots of good memories from college, drinking Eager now is not going to be the same type of nostalgia as, say, Bikini Blonde. With that said, the game that we're pairing Bikini Blonde with today is called Anodyne 2. And Anodyne 2 is from the, you know, craft brewery of video game world. It's an independent developer. And essentially, this just means that they don't get the financial support, uh, the publicity, all of the, the things that come along with being a AAA title or published by a major publisher. Anodyne 2 is the sequel to Anodyne, uh, which sadly I, I have not played. But the uh, the developers, Marina Kitaka, Melos Hantani, I really apologize if I have butchered your names. You know, put this one together a few years after the original Anodyne. And it is, it's a very personal, emotional, bizarre experience. So what Anodyne 2 is, is a combination of video game styles. So it is pure retro at heart. The game mimics visuals from the PlayStation 1 Nintendo 64 era, while also sending you into Super Nintendo, you know, 16-bit worlds to do your uh, combat and and actually to, to do the majority of the action in the game. But 
Anodyne 2 is about a girl named Nova who is a dust cleaner. And her world, she, well, she was created with the purpose of ridding her world of dust. What does that mean? So dust is both uh, a metaphor and an actual phenomenon in the game. So dust is kind of, I, I don't know, maybe... There's a lot of things that, that dust can represent. So it can represent pollution. It can represent the negative emotions that creep inside people and darken their outlooks, darken their personalities. Maybe it's the depression that 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 controls a person or the anxiety or or the obsessions or any any emotion that often causes I want to be careful with how they say this because it's it's not something to be taken lightly and and the uh the game itself is very clear on that but it's something that you know the, the things that build negative energy negative emotions in people it's not to say that having anxiety is is an overall negative thing and you need to rid yourself of anxiety it's not what we're saying and that's that's not I think what the game is saying but there are cases where you know your anxiety your depression your fears, your obsessions, uh, take an unhealthy control of your life. And Nova, the cleaner, is created in order to lift a lot of that negativity out of the people of uh, the world. So she is created uh, from a place called the center. And the first town she rolls through is uh, C-Note. And, and you go through, you interact with the very strange people of C-Note. And as you continue to upgrade your cleaning capabilities and improve the center's power, you're able to drive the dust that's kind of settled around the world back a little bit farther with each set of, of cleaning and upgrades. But it, it's definitely, you know, each character who needs to be cleaned is, is very different from the next. You know, you've got one is a collector of lamps who was so obsessed with her collection and and the book that she was writing that she fell into a state of despair of of just complete filth and you know you go you clean her it's a very lighthearted one you find a um a phd who said they had a brother but you you find out that the the brother was was just a created ai and the uh the person was experimenting on on dust and the effect it has on on individuals so his obsession there created issues there was a mayor who lost his entire family because the dust was corrupting the soil that they used to farm so he began to dig and continue to dig and get rid of all the dirt around his town until he could make his soil make their homes safe Again, and when you're inside, you, you kind of travel through their mind. So the outer world, when you meet these people, is the uh, N64, the PS1 style of visuals, gameplay, all that. And as you go into clean, you're shrunken. You, you enter their sort of ethos, their mind space, and that is where the Super Nintendo 16-bit type action comes in. <clears throat> so, so this this mayor, his name is Jeff, <laughs> and uh, he. Essentially, in his mind, he lost his entire family, his partner, their daughter. You know, there are, there are graves around his, his mind that are for each person he was close to and each citizen of his town that he was supposed to take care of. And he was doing what he thought he was taking care of. And he thought that they were just giving up on him in the town. So it was kind of a vicious cycle for, for this particular character who was really trying to do the right thing, but became so obsessed, so concerned with clearing 
the unhealthy soil that he let his entire life slip through his fingers, um, which which is really a tragic story. You meet characters like this. I mean, there there are dozens of characters spread throughout this story. And then you're also learning more about Nova and the uh, the two mothers who created her from the center. It's it's It really is, it's a cool experience with a soundtrack that is phenomenal. And it touches on the nostalgia of, you know, popping in a disc on the PlayStation 1 and letting that sound of Sony powering up I actually have a uh, PlayStation lamp here. That, that mimics the sound of the PlayStation 1 uh, every time you turn it on. And it's just, you know, that feeling rushes into you when you, when you play this game. And to have it be such an impactful experience on top of that is something that really, you know, like Bikini Blonde, it connects you in a way to your past that is, uh, special. But it stands on its own. It's great on its own. It doesn't need the nostalgia to be successful, but it's good. And, and in the game, in the overworld, you, uh, you know, you travel. It's, it's kind of an open world, I guess, sort of experience. And you interact with all the citizens around. Um, and then once you, you shrink into the, the, their inner minds, utilize your vacuum cleaner to suck up the dust. And you can suck up enemies, use them to shoot at other enemies with. So it's, it's a, it's a little bit of a platformer, a little bit of a, I don't want to say a retro shooter, but I guess you can kind of say that. But overall, the experience is grounded in its narrative and it lives and really excels on its narrative. So, the game itself is it's it's really wonderful. I think even if you don't have the same sort of nostalgia that I have with retro games growing up in the early 90s playing Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, PlayStation 1 like I did, I think it still stands on its own. You still can have a great time. You still can have a very personal experience with this game. You know, being a dad now for almost two and a half years, things definitely hit a lot different. The story with the mayor is particularly heartbreaking because he gave up his child to try and save their town. And he was doing it for her, doing it for their town, which makes it even more heartbreaking that he loses them all in the end. So again, you can still have these personal experiences with this game, even if you don't have the nostalgia that's attached to it. And it's really cool. And it's something that I highly recommend, and it's super cheap. It's like $20 max, I would say. There's a PS5 version, Xbox Series S, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One. I believe it's on the Nintendo Switch, for sure on PC, on Steam. So it's, it's basically accessible everywhere. And it's, it's so worthwhile. The narrative and the soundtrack together make it just an incredible experience. It will also, by the time this comes out, the review will be published. So you can find the review at bigcultures.com and check out an in-depth review of what I have to say about it there. Yeah, it's, it's an experience worth playing and, you know, pairing it with Keeney Blonde is just like that moment of reaching video game and beer nirvana. It's, that's, that's a pretty heavy statement. I don't know where I can go from here after this, but it really is a terrific combination. And at the least for me, it's, it's nostalgia paradise. So yeah, highly recommend both. So Maui Brewing Company, you know, multiple locations in Hawaii, Bikini Blonde, Hellas Lager, highly, highly recommend, especially if you enjoy the German Hellas beers. Anodyne 2, Return to Dust is just a terrific experience 
from an independent developer. If you enjoy craft beers and independent breweries, then you uh, you can appreciate the amount of effort, time, money put into creating uh, an independent video game as an independent developer. So take a look. You know, I hope you enjoy both. I hope you enjoy this episode of Beers Culture, this uh, Brews Culture, sorry. This Friday, we will be uh, streaming a bit of Anodyne 2 with Bikini Blonde Lager, and we hope to see you there at our Twitch, which is twitch.tv backslash BitCultures. Find us on social media at BitCultures, Instagram at BitCultures, Twitter, we're you know, wherever you uh, wherever you want to go. We update our website regularly at www.bitcultures.com. So please join our family, join our Discord. We love to see you there. Thank you again for listening, and we hopefully have something special for you guys next week. Can't wait to share that with you, too. Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.